What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. Maddie D and I are back to break down the College Football National Championship and the final week of the NFL, the first week 18. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Thunderblog Sports is the handle there. ThunderBLG on Twitter. Leave us a five-star review when you are subscribing. But enjoy this week's episode. And here we Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me after a week off, he is back from his tropical paradise. It is Mr. Matty D, Matt Stefano. How are you, my friend? Take me back. Take me back to the warmth. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm happy to be home, but... It was nice. I can't lie. I might be my first time ever being in a tropical location right after Christmas and for New Year's, definitely. Because the only, only other place I've ever been in, outside of Pennsylvania for New Year's was Utah one time, which was great. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That's how the other half, let me tell you something. I highly recommend Dominican Republic and the Punta Cana area. Fan, just wonderful place. Very nice. Very nice. I, I myself am going to yes. Jamaica next week, pending uh, oh, everything yeah. with Omicron and all that stuff, although I'm over it. I'm up a little uh update from last week. I've gotten through the Omicron. We got to make sure you know all the stuff, the testing and all that. So got to make sure. But excited to go down south and uh get away from the cold with all the random weather we've been having, where it's been fifties, it's been snowing, it's been ice, all this stuff. Excited to get away. But you are back, and we are here to talk some football. A lot has happened, Matty D. We're gonna start in college, unfortunately. And the college football playoff happened. Bama beat Cincinnati, which I don't think a lot of people were too surprised by. But our guys, the Michigan Wolverines, got completely manhandled by the Georgia Bulldogs. Matt, I want your reaction on this. How are you feeling after the loss? Yeah, it was tough, but I saw it coming. Um, you know, after Georgia got embarrassed in the, uh, it, it, you know, against Alabama in the SEC championship game, you knew they were hungry. And, and sadly, we just offensively, we simply didn't match up well. We are running, we're running offense, and they're a run-stuffing defense. Yep. Um, and so, you know, sadly, I thought our defense might hold up a little better. Um, granted, again, I just think that part of this is that it is, you know, it is what it is. They're just, you know, their defense was so good. Our defense just, you know. Yeah. Was going to struggle to just be on the couldn't be the field so much, but I was expecting it to be a, a slower scoring game. Um, but I'm not surprised. Sadly, I'm not surprised. I wish I was, but I'm not surprised by the outcome. No, I was in the same boat. I said it last week to Jake that I've been saying Georgia's the best team by far, and the fact that they completely got the job done doesn't surprise me at all. Setson Bennett, I thought, played really well. He had an incredible game comparatively to the SEC championship game, but he was. Awesome, comparatively to what we've seen all year. And if he plays like that against Bama, it could be a similar result, I feel like. Yeah, no, it certainly could be. The, the big difference is Bama can throw the ball, right? Um, Jamison Williams and, and and obviously the Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young. Sure. That, I think, is the one thing that we just couldn't do. Um, and it costs us, obviously. So, um, still, still, 
I think it shows you the next step that the, the program needs to take, right? You have to be able to pass the ball consistently in today's, um, you know, today's, uh, uh, today's college football or else you're, or else you're going to potentially struggle when you come up against a team that has a bunch of NFL level defenders on it, in particular the defensive line. Sure. Sure. Well, let's quickly talk on the other game. You mentioned it with Bama, their offense looking really good. They were throwing the ball really well. Were you surprised by that? We had heard all week and we had talked about their secondary when the bracket first came out. I was a little doubting their front four, but we had heard Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban pump them up. They got a little pressure in there. Were you surprised Cincinnati didn't keep it closer for longer or were you just not shocked that Bama was off to the races pretty quickly? Yeah, I want to say I was, I want to say I thought it was going to be closer because I do think Cincinnati is it's not a one trick pony kind of team. Um, but it's, it's Nick Saban, right? Yeah. I just felt like they were prepared and ready. Bryce Young is just such a force as good as that defense has been for Cincinnati all year. They, they have not matched up against a NFL caliber quarterback like they did. So I'm not, I'm not surprised and I'm not surprised really to me though, it was the fact that this is what I thought. There's a bunch of five-star prospects mm-hmm. on the uh, offensive line for Alabama. So a healthy Brian Robinson who finally got healthy for that game rushed for over 200 yards. He had a, I believe, right. Oh, yeah. He had a massive day. Um, and he was a true difference maker, difference maker for that team. Um, because they could just blow him off the line of scrimmage. And that's the problem with a mid-major is that's what you're going to run into a lot is sure. these big, bad SEC teams are going to have massive pro-level offensive lines. And your defensive line, even if they're if they're talented, is just not going to be good enough to, to be able to handle that. No, absolutely. And I think they – you mentioned it with Alabama's offensive line, that they were just so good and played – I don't know. They just played their their game. You see this after year after year and what they did. Uh, that's part of why I was a little concerned about the front four with Cincinnati, even with Bill O'Brien and Saban saying, you know, they're a really good team and all that stuff. I would have loved to see their offense, the Bearcat offense, perform a little better. But Bama's defense is really good. We saw what they did to Stetson Bennett, who embarrassed a very good Michigan defense. So right. we're in for an interesting championship game. But before we jump to that one, we had some pretty good New Year's Six Bowls, specifically on New Year's Day. Do you want to start with the Rose Bowl or do you want to start with the Fiesta Bowl? Because both were incredibly exciting. Well, I wanted to start with something that I, I think is such a challenging situation in college football right now. And I'm glad that you gave me – you paused from the national championship talk. Um, I want to talk about Matt, Matt Corral, the quarterback for Ole Miss. You didn't see it. Sadly, gets injured um, playing for his team. Had no reason to play. Um but decided, you know, these are the guys that got me here. I want to honor them, and I can appreciate that. you got a lot of announcers out there really just slandering these players for skipping a bowl. And then you watch Corral, and I don't, we don't know the full extent of his injury, but you watch him get injured, and all of a sudden I'm like, I get his – but I get I get the players' points, right? Yeah. This is a big deal. So that was really tough to see, and I think it makes it really challenging, you know, because um, even if they're playing for something, again, it's, it's potentially their future, right? Like, so even if they're in the national championship game, their their futures on the line. Totally. So um, um, this is a, probably a reason if you're the NCAA, NCAA, do you make the decision now to expand your playoff? Because if there's six, if it was six teams, well, that's six more teams of people that are going to be paying attention that are going to want to play in these games because they're the you know, they're the go tos. So I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if I agree with that, but honestly, I could certainly see it happening where they expand it to include six. 
Um, and then more players will not opt out because solely because they're in, are they have a shot at the national championship? Totally. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit last week of what's the solution to it. And really it's good that it's the player's decision. I'm fine with them deciding one way. I'm fine with them deciding the other. If they want to play great, you know, they, they know the risk that they're going at. It sucks for Matt Corral, but it also, it turned out it's what a, a high ankle sprain, right? It wasn't as bad as they thought it was yeah. when he was leaving the field. Yeah. So he should be fine. Right. Yeah, so his draft just a bad, shouldn't just be tough hurt look, that badly. Right. Yeah. It's a tough look. Right. And it, it's really on the heels of the Kirk Herb street quote about how terrible it is of opt outs and all that. If people want to do that, you would Micah Parsons skip all of last year and granted there was COVID, but still he skipped an entire year and he's going to be the offensive or defensive rookie of the year this year in the NFL. So like, I don't know right. what the, the correct answer is. Yeah. These guys clearly, if they love football, they don't love football. They're doing what they think is right. And you should let them have that agency. Cause this is, you know, one other opportunity that they get to choose where they want to go. You hear that a lot with free agents of this is the first time I've gotten to choose where I want to go since I was 18. And these guys are 25, 26, 27 years old. So it's almost 10 years of everything is decided for them because they don't have the agency in college. They get drafted, all that stuff. So let them make their decisions. I, I think that's the right answer. Me too. I agree. But, but, but you're totally right. I mean, there have been some, there were two in particular, you're right, two great games, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. I mean, let's start with the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame was up huge in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 28 to 7, I think. Made it 28 to 2014 uh, at halftime, but it was 27 at one point. Right. And then Oklahoma State just came on. Yep. And I mean, I love it because, you know, neither of us are, are big time Notre Dame sympathizers. So it's fun to watch, but they, it was just like an onslaught after that. And Oklahoma State proving they belong, you know, after that really tough, um, uh, uh, loss in the uh, Big Twelve Championship. In the Big Twelve Championship, yeah. so it was really cool for them against a team that a lot of people thought maybe had a playoff shot. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying this makes Notre Dame not playoff worthy at any point. I just was a great win for a program that I know is is working hard. No, totally. I mean, it was awesome to watch. Right of a game where you mentioned it, they the Oklahoma State they were literally inches from making the playoff or potentially making the playoff, having a qualm right. for not making it because of, you know, Georgia losing <laughs> right. Alabama and there's the debate there. But they end up coming out here and and really rebounding really well where they just couldn't really get it going. They were, you know, kind of controlling the ball well and then Notre Dame was too and then there were some, you know, just a little bit sloppy play. They just couldn't really get a drive going. At one point it just was back and forth of punt after punt after punt after punt after punt. And then finally, Oklahoma State at the end of the half scores, and they score on their next two drives, and Notre Dame couldn't get it going. Like, you really, like, you looked at the score, and, and you watched some of that game where there was punt after punt, and you were confused. You were wondering what the hell was going on because right. how quickly both of these offenses were moving. And a lot of passing, I mean, there was a grand total of, what, almost 120 passes in this game. And it's yeah. crazy, too, because – Spencer Sanders rushed for over 100 yards. Their quarterback rushed for over 100 yards. He had 500 all-purpose yards in this game. And I don't know, it was so exciting from start to finish to watch how this thing was going. And obviously there's the bigger story of it's the first game for uh, Marcus Freeman and seeing how all that's going mm-hmm. and the blown lead and everything there. So I, if you're a Notre Dame fan, I don't think you have anything to worry about because it is a bowl game, you know, as, as exciting as these games are it's also just the end of the year and kind of meaningless where you know you had all the different stuff 
with Brian Kelly leaving, who now apparently has a Boston accent. I don't know if you saw that the other night during the LSU Texas bowl oh, yeah. game, but um, yeah, I don't know if you if you're really that worried. You're probably excited to see what he's bringing in for uh, his first recruiting class. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you mentioned the uh, the Rose Bowl, which the results suck, but what an amazing stat line that that came out of this game. Um, you know, they come all the way back. But by the way, Utah's such a well coached team. I was surprised Ohio State managed it, but CJ yep. Stroud over five hundred yards and Smith. Did, did, how do I get it right? I'm not. Is it? Gonna, you know I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Smith Ningjaba Ningjaba. 15 catches for 347 yards. I know. Almost it's absolutely a, insane. Just such a, a crazy, crazy um, stat line. And um, they win the game. You know, it's big for Stroud, who's definitely going to be one of the Heisman favorites next year, along obviously with um, uh, Bryce Young. Uh, but Stroud's showing he can put the stats up. Absolutely. Yeah, totally right. Where they – First of all, you're exactly right that Utah immediately comes out, jumps out to this 14-0 lead, and then a crazy second quarter where both teams scored. There was 42 points scored in one quarter in the first half there, not like a back-and-forth fourth quarter kind of thing. This game just got completely all over the board. But Utah punching Ohio State in the mouth, an Ohio State team that the last time we saw them was in that Michigan game where Michigan came out and punched him in the mouth and could have punched him a lot harder because if you remember, there was the turnover Michigan had on their where they looked like they were about to go up 14-0. But Ohio State still didn't rebound well from that. So you're watching this game, and I was flipping between this and the Winter Classic and just a great Saturday. You you never really want to have COVID, but it was not the worst time to have COVID. I'll put it that way, having to sit on my couch (laughs) watching sports. But this watching this along – on your phone during the game and seeing how this game flow was going was just incredible. And to see Smith Najiba, I'm going to pronounce it that way. I apologize to him. I think that's right. I'm sure he's a big listener. So he's probably offended that I got his name wrong. (laughs) You know, um, but yeah, no, but Ohio state rebounding from the Michigan loss. You heard that we heard a ton about it in the pregame, which a lot of it comes from Herb street. who is an Ohio state alum. So that's probably a lot of it, but Seeing how they did that and the way that they were able to continuously, they went down 14 points at, at a number of different points in this game. It was 35-21 at halftime, and they Ohio State kept trying to bring it closer. Utah responded well, and the fact that the, the Buckeyes didn't give up and that C.J. Stroud had the incredible game he did, you mentioned it before, You know, it's just exciting to see, and to see that stat line from Smith and Jiba is absolutely insane. It's the... Highest in a bowl game and the highest in FBS history. Is there is there a guy who had more touchdowns or not more touchdowns, I don't, more I don't, yards? A yard, FCS or in D2 I don't or D3? think so. I'd have to. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Well, you know. Pretty amazing. We'll have to see. Yeah. You know, um, I did think of the guy we talked about last year from Buffalo. He was playing for the uh, Washington football team against the Eagles as, in a, quick, as yeah. a quick aside. So, you know, sometimes these guys with the crazy stats aren't all Donald Pumphreys. <laughs> Don L. Pumphrey, baby. Never worked out. Never worked out. But, uh, yeah, yeah Aaron I mean, Jones got uh, picked like this... 10 picks after him. That's the real stinger. <laughs> the only thing I'll say is there's going to be a lot of really good college football players next year. Like a lot. Yep. Um, should be a really fun year. Most of these top teams will be right back in the hunt, too. 
Yeah, before we jump into the championship and, and quickly preview that, is there a team that you think is a clear favorite, a clear dark horse, or not a clear dark horse, but is it one of your dark horses? Well, I mean, I mean, I, I think I, I think the clear favorite is Alabama. Bryce Young's back. They're going to have a lot of talent back. Um, and they're always super good, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, they would be probably the one team that, at least from a favorite perspective, I'm pretty high. And Ohio State's going to be up there too, right? They're probably going to be a top five right team. Um, so I would consider them in that, you know, in that, in that higher mix too. Um, outside of that, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of these teams that we're talking about now will be back. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have, if I have one that I think is just going to rise to the top. I wish Matt Corral was coming back for a year because I'd pick Old Miss at a heartbeat as that, as that uh, potential. Um, sure. But, but uh, I do expect it to be quite a fun, uh, fun year. A lot of teams uh, coming all over the place. So we'll see what the Big Twelve has in store. Like. Oklahoma State's losing guys, including Sanders. Is there somebody else that could step up for them? Um, I think Baylor has a chance, though, right? We've seen them kind of grow really good programs. They would be interesting to me. Yeah, Baylor actually is is a really exciting one to watch out for and see what they end up doing. And yeah, the Big 12 is, is going to be a real question mark. I'm excited to see the Pac-12, to see the effect that uh, Lincoln Riley going to USC will have on just their incoming re- recruiting classes, both at USC and maybe at other schools too, help bring the uh, idea of the conference back to West Coast guys instead of going uh, east to the SEC, to the Big Ten. So that'll be interesting to see there, uh, especially USC and what the recruiting class they bring in. It might not be a 2022 immediate impact for the Pac-12 and whether or not they get a playoff berth before they expand beyond four teams, but it should be something exciting to see for a, a long-term perspective. Yeah, me too. And I keep waiting. I keep I keep saying every year UCLA is going to do it this year, Chip Kelly. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's their only year to do it with Lincoln and USC. Um, so we'll see. The world's biggest Chip, Chip Kelly apologist right here, Addy D. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's look at the championship game. We got Bama, Georgia, the rematch. Georgia comes in favored by three points. Maddie, does Georgia get their revenge? Yeah, um, normally I would say yes. I honestly don't don't think so. Okay. To be honest, I, I think Alabama, Bryce Young's really good. Georgia played one of their best games against Michigan. That that you know, I don't know if they can repeat it twice. I know they've got the the one of the calling their back. By the way, in that SEC championship game, Brian Robinson was not healthy at the running back position. Now he seems good to go. That's the big deal. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see how this game goes. If Stetson Bennett plays similar to how he did against Georgia, or against for Georgia against Michigan, uh, we we could have ourselves a shootout on here. The over set at fifty two, which we've seen the last couple championship games soar over that number. Last year was well over it. I believe the LSU one was just over. Uh, we don't need to run down through this, but regardless. That's a really good point on the running back situation for Bama. I want to see what Georgia's defense does slowing him down, but with Jameson Williams, with what Bryce Young is doing, the way that he got his tight ends involved too against Cincinnati was, I thought, a pretty interesting wrinkle onto the offense and just what they were able to do with that. And, um, yeah, I just I don't know necessarily if there's the firepower that Georgia showed 
against Michigan, and you got to remember, Michigan's defense at times, and a couple of those plays, that one touchdown where the, the one D-back just stopped running, uh, I think it was like their second or third yeah. touchdown. You know, Bama's not going to do that. That's not a Saban run type team, and I'm not trying to shit on Harbaugh or the guys he brought in, the yeah. guy that, from the Ravens, that's the uh, the D coordinator now. Um, his name is escaping me, but you know, it, it just it doesn't seem like a Saban type of mistake that Bam, that. Bama would do something like that. And I just feel like their secondary is so good in the amount of NFL talent that's on this defense. I just think I think they make Setson Bennett panic, similar to how they did in the previous game. And I think the the best thing Bama has had going for them is that their offense has had its slow starts and rebounded as the season go or as the season's gone along and as games have gone along. So I don't know. It's yeah. I might just bet an over, bet the over here, and have fun watching it. I want to <laughs> say Bama plus three, but really, it comes down to Stetson Bennett and how well he comes out in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree there. A lot, of, a lot of it's going to fall on on Bennett. I, I also think that Georgia defense is going to have to take, they're going to have to play better than they played against against Bama before. I think that's a big oh, deal. Sure. Whether it's Jordan Davis in the middle, who looks looks like he wasn't even existing, um, you know, somebody needs to step up big time on that on that uh on that Georgia defense to make some plays because again to your point it's a great great they're you know a really good uh Alabama, Alabama defense. offense that's gonna and and, offense, and, well so. no but it's really good Alabama offense that's gonna have like so Georgia's gotta come to the gotta, gotta step to the plate on that one. I'm and I'm a little nervous because honestly we, just, we didn't see it before and Bryce Young's not getting worse. So <laughs> no so I'm, that's I'm the best part that. about it is is He's only gotten better and better as the season's gone along and as games have gone along. Like he remember the mm-hmm. the Auburn, Auburn game. game. Bowl. He struggled the mightily. Yep. Really, he struggled for three quarters and they had a great fourth quarter, and that's why they came back. And the same thing similar in the start of the SEC championship game. It was the reverse. He had one bad quarter and then three really good quarters. So you know, and he didn't really have that against Cincinnati, which I was a little shocked by, but you know, even if he has a bad first half, this is a Saban-led team, and we've seen what Saban-led teams can do. Now, granted, there's no Tua that I think Saban's going to throw in there if he's really playing badly, but I think Bryce Young could be his own Tua, you know, <laughs> in terms of that, yeah. the uh, the previous Bama-Georgia game. So this is going to be a really fun game to watch, though. I'm excited for it. The end of college football is always weird, and it's weird that we have one last week of – regular season NFL football going into it. I know because you now like, <laughs> Never. like there's you, you know, the Saturdays will still be here because we get the two rounds of really three rounds because of this weekend, but we get the extra rounds of all the, uh, you know, in the playoffs and the wild card and divisional rounds. But you, you know, you're really starting to get that, you know, long days or long nights of winter, even though the days are getting longer and you know, the no football, it helps make the weekends, you know, a little more exciting. And granted, we're getting more college basketball, but in a college college football, it's the same thing when the World Series ends. It feels like a little air gets let gets let out of the room. Yeah, no, it, 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 this is really strange. Uh, this is the first time we've dealt with this. This is, uh, yeah, this is certainly a little different. Um, so I mean, I'm, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna transition to to the NFL now or shortly. And I think one of the weirdest things we're talking about is. Be, it's like out of a weird NFL week with COVID and all these, a lot of games that honestly are, are, don't mean a lot, um, which yeah. I also find fascinating too. Yeah. No, totally. And yeah, let's move over to the NFL because we've had 
a very interesting week 17 where there were guys out with COVID. There were guys who you know, really made or break their seasons. You, know, you called it from the beginning. I think it's worth giving you a pat on the back, Matt, of that Kirk Cousins being unvaccinated could cost his team, and it cost his team at the worst time. Not that I think with Kirk Cousins they're going to beat the Packers, but they got completely embarrassed on Sunday night. I mean, any chance? Any, yeah, any chance they had was was out the window, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now we have it again this week where we'll start with our birds. A ton of Eagles on the COVID list, a number of starters, and they could potentially come back. We saw with Carson Wentz that he was able to come back last week, but you know it is kind of crazy that. Everything you know, and this is expected with everything that we've heard and seen with the Omicron variant. But how nuts it's going through this week and through each team. You know, we're seeing it in other sports too of you know teams just completely getting decimated through it. And the fact that you know the what happened to the football team is now happening to the Eagles, and they can't just decide because the Eagles and Cowboys are both in the playoffs to move that game to Tuesday instead of Saturday. Yeah, I, I thought it's it's really a shame that that were the Saturday game, right? Because we're not even sure who's going to play it off. Exactly. For really either team, but the Eagle, I mean, the, the Eagles specifically much more locked in at this point. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm interested to say the least in how they're going to handle this. I think it's going to be a, um, it's, it's like weird. It's like not in a bad way, but it's like, it took all the life out of football, like, like NFL football for me this weekend. So no, it, it's definitely a concern. And to see that with the birds, it, it, you know, isn't fun in the fact that you know, the NFL didn't know that they were going to get all these COVID positives when they decided to schedule and they scheduled it on Sunday. And then unfortunately it's, was it Monday or was it Tuesday that we got all the positives on the, regardless of, of the other one or the other the NFL didn't Tuesday. Know. Yeah, it was Tuesday. It was yeah. yesterday. Um, the NFL didn't know. So we can't be like, Oh, that sucks. This, that, and the other thing, but you also can't decide. You could decide to move the Eagles Cowboys to Sunday or, or you know, if you really wanted to move into Monday, you could, but that's, you know, with everything with seating, you really can't logistically do that. But you can't move a team up a day is the only problem and probably where the NFL is coming with it. Because as you've said, when I complained about the Giants-Cowboys game a few weeks back being on Sunday Night Football, you said the Cowboys bring in viewership, and I think the, the NFL still thinks maybe they could do that, and that's why they don't want to move anything yet, or they want to see where players are at. I don't know, but it is a concern. And, you know, obviously other teams have had these problems too, but the fact that it's week 18 and, you know, really the Eagles could get the sixth seed if they win, San Francisco loses, which San Francisco is playing for its playoff life this weekend. You know, there is that to play for. The Cowboys can't get the one seed because they lost. They could potentially get the get a higher seed if the Bucks or Rams lose because I think – forget how the, the Cowboys-Rams game went, but I don't know if the Cowboys and Bucks played. But the Cowboys have a better conference record. So I think the three seed is still available for the Cowboys. Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. So there, there's all that out there. But regardless, it leaves the Eagles away from having to play the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> like we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I, I think personally what I what I really would like to see is I'd really prefer to see the uh, Cardinals first. Sure. Um, and then probably if they obviously win the division, which is not guaranteed at all. Um, I don't mind the Rams as much. Um, the Bucks would be tough. Even though the Bucks are really beat up, it's still Tom Brady. So, exactly. yeah. 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 It's still Tom Brady. They played earlier this year, obviously. And uh, 
the Bucks took care of business. Granted, this is before the the reinvented Eagles. This is before the we got to plant the seeds metaphor. Well, that by Nick the way, we're said. not. Remember though, real quick, we're not locked in to our seed yet. Correct. Because the Saints, if the Saints beat the Falcons and the 49ers lose to the Rams, which is possible, very possible. Um, yeah. The Saints make the playoffs. Like, like. What the 49ers have been one of the most one of the hotter teams in football, and I think they're pretty talented, but they easily could be out. We would move up to the sixth seed. I mean, it's gonna get a little wild here. Um so there is some stuff to play for. Like the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so like, we we'll have see that. what happens, but yeah. We have you mentioned it with the Cardinals. If they win and the 49ers beat the Rams, then the 49ers would be the sixth seed. The Rams would drop to the five seed and the Cardinals would win their division. I don't know where they would rank in terms of seeding because I don't know. They don't have a better conference record than the Cowboys. I don't think they played. They have the same record. Oh, no. They, if the Buccaneers won, they would have – the Buccaneers would have a better record. There's – the seeding will figure itself out. <laughs> Excuse me. But the – um. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on in the NFC West. There's a ton of stuff going on in the AFC. It's completely wide open. One of my favorite possible playoff scenarios that I saw as a meme, which is always fun to say that I saw <laughs> this in a meme. But if the Colts lose, then yep, to the Jaguars, which to is the Jaguars, tough, then lose, the Chargers and Raiders. Chargers are already in the playoffs technically right now, or currently slotted to be in the playoffs. They have not locked anything in. Chargers and Raiders playing a win and get in game. But they would both move in. Chargers would be the sixth seed. Raiders would be the seven. And the goofiest possible playoff scenario is the Colts lose. The Chargers Raiders say both say fuck it, and they just kneel for sixty minutes of football. So they both get in on a tie. Oh, they would both get in, and that would that would yeah. keep the Colts and the Steelers out. Well, yeah, because oh the Colts God. lose. Colts lose. They're out. Basically, I think they'd right. have to lose. The Raiders have to lose to the Chargers and the Steelers have to or no, I guess the Steelers are playing the Ravens so I guess the Ravens for them to get in they would be would they get in ahead of the Colts is that how they get in who the Raiders the Ravens no the Raiders are they're tied with the Chargers currently that's where the whole the tie joke I thought came the in. Ravens the Ravens are still alive according to uh what I'm looking at here because I guess if I think the Colts would need to lose and the Chargers would need to either the Chargers or Raiders need to lose. Uh, let me pi- find the playoff scenarios to see what the deal is. Yeah, you got to get this because I'm re- I mean, I'm it's the hard thing. I'm reading through it too, and they are still very confusing. That, so. Yeah. So let's see here. The Baltimore Ravens, who are all the way here, uh, they're not even on the NFL.com one. So are they. Oh, no, here we go. So they need to win. The Chargers need to lose to the Raiders. The Colts need to lose, which we saw before. And the Dolphins need to lose to the Patriots, which I don't know why the Dolphins all of a sudden are making an appearance here. Must be because... strength strength of, ske- strength of schedule would be my guess. Oh, that makes sense. Or, because the Dol- uh, yeah, because yeah, the Dolphins sure. and Ravens have, a, have the same record. But, yeah, it's a deep, it's a deep tiebreaker. Like the Dolphins can't make the playoffs, but but 
because the Dolphins a, would beat the Patriots, a, that's a better win than the Ravens beating the Steelers. It, yeah, there's just there's a strength of schedule situation that occurs. Yeah. That's what I know. Yep. Interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I well, mean, anyway, let's, let's oh honest, yeah, look at this. It, about even games, here, but... so it shows in the hunt. Sorry, and the on, I'm, I'm on the NFL Wikipedia page, but it shows, and I'm also on NFL.com looking at the playoff scenarios. But it even has an 11 next to the Ravens. The Dolphins technically are ahead of the Ravens in standings. That's why the Dolphins need to lose. But the okay. Ra- the Ravens are still in the hunt. As confusing as that was to all the. the <laughs> To all of the listeners, it's confusing. Out there. I'm sure it's confusing to most of the Ravens players, but that's actually almost good for them. Just go out and win, right? Yeah. No matter what happens, let's just go win. Like that's that's a great way to me. So yeah, yeah. And we can start there too of looking at some of these games. Sure. They're playing the Steelers, who coming off an emotional win, Big Ben's last home game, where he does the lap around the field. He recreated the bench picture, walked down the tunnel with his kids. Matt, did you uh, feel anything for Big Ben watching the end of that game? I mean, it was cool. Yeah. It's kind of a shame for for him. It's not a. I mean, I guess they can still make the playoffs, but it's going to take a lot, as we know. Um, it was a cool moment. You know, kind of a crappy game to be honest. Big Ben didn't necessarily go out and win it. Sort of didn't lose it, but he sort of didn't go out and win it. Najee Harris was really the MVP on offense for that team, um, and their defense, TJ Watt, who's by the way one sack away from tying the all-time record and one and a half sacks away from breaking it, which yep. is wild. He's such a great player. Deserves and he almost did it on Monday. Gets. Oh my God. There was one play where he got, Oh, somebody else sacked the quarterback before he could get to him. Like they both well, there was got, that. And like, then there oh, was the God. play before that. He like, I think what you're talking about, it was almost like he was had him encircled and, um, Baker broke out of the play and got a pass off or something, but it oh, was like oh, yeah, one yeah, more yeah. second. TJ Watt gets him, and he might have even hit Baker, yep. but yeah, he was close. It was like you were thinking with how much they were talking about him being so close, like oh, he's not going to get it. The announcers curse and all that stuff, and then no, it was so close there. Then the Steelers yep. defense just playing incredible football throughout the night and forcing turnovers, getting sacks. You know, so looking at this game, it. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting of seeing two, these two teams that desperately need wins, a Ravens defense that's played fairly well against the run throughout the year. So maybe they key in on Najee Harris and make the Steelers receiving core beat you, which is viable for the Steelers. They have a decent that's, receiving I mean, that's core. That's what I wanted. That, they're a good. Yeah, but big look, that's good but for Big Ben to get his victory lap because he's not he's struggled a little bit. You know, he's not been. Totally. The last four years, he really just hasn't been the same quarterback for many reasons. And their receiving core has talent, but they have some – they have a few issues on the receiving core. Um, Deontay Johnson is uber talented but drops the ball. Um, James Washington's kind of a one-trick punter. Juju's hurt. You know, Chase Claypool's a little bit of a head case. You know, so um, they can't figure it out. It's just – it'll be interesting to see. No, absolutely. Um, it'll be really interesting to see where these two teams go. On the Ravens' side of things, do we – how do we feel they're about so their offense? so beat up. Yeah, I mean, they're just so beat up. It's so sad. Yeah. It's it's tough because, you know, they're you know they're a really good team, um, but the injuries have just clearly cost them um, quite a bit. So we'll see if they're able to, you know, if they're able to put up a fight defensively. They're just missing so many guys. Um, not, I'm not saying they're not going to win. I just – it's going to be – it's going to be a tough challenge. No, that, I mean, that's a really good point because they 
playing the Rams last week, they seemed like they had the game in control and the Rams, I don't know, they just wore them down and then eventually, you know, pull ahead and obviously win by a point. And I, I think you're right. I think injuries catch up with you and, and especially this late in the season where it really does cost, cost you. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to watch. We're not doing picks for those that are wondering why we just have been chatting about whatever <laughs> with this. We figure there are some games that really don't matter or games that are a team that needs a win and a team that's, you know, done for the year or whatever, or a game like the bills jets 16 point line where, you know, the, the bills are obviously in the playoffs. The jets are, are done. So we just figured skip that, all that nonsense to, of trying to pick those games. You don't know who's playing because of COVID, all that stuff, and just talk about these important games. Um, yeah, so the Steelers-Ravens game, going to be really interesting. Where do you want to move to next, Matt? Well, let's, let's you know, this, let's be real. Both Saturday games, there's some seeding involved, but sure. but the Broncos are out of the playoffs, um, and the um, and the Chiefs are, are in the playoffs, right? They're still vying for the number one seed, but they're still in the playoffs. Yeah, the Eagles and Cowboys. We're not we're not going to harp on our birds right now. That game's somewhat meaningless. I I, I do want to jump to. I mean, is there any? Do the Jaguars have a shot? No, right. And that almost makes me think they have a shot. But go ahead. Could you think they have a chance against the Colts? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, they. Okay. It's a literally if they win. Line, by the way, so if they win. And the Lions lose, then the Gi- then the Jaguars lose out on the first overall pick. So, oh, man, you know, there's first overall pick drama. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost it's almost like it's a divisional game, which is always a little worrisome. But the Jaguars have just shown no teeth and no gusto um, going up against a Colts team. It's just going to beat them up physically in my mind, and and, and I think that's going to be a problem. So, oh, totally. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, the Saints playing the Falcons is a really important game now that we know that, hey, the Saints have an, an absolute legitimate opportunity to be in the playoffs. Uh, it's a small line, only four and a half, um, mostly because, honestly, the Saints, that they're going to the Falcons, who are seven and, and nine, by the way. So mm-hmm. uh, a better team than I think – kind of a team that stuck with it more than I think people thought. Um, the Saints just have no no punch on offense, even with Alvin Kamara. So I think that's a just a continued issue for them. Um, I think it'll be a low scoring slug match when we'll see if the saints can pull it off for what might be a playoff. Would it be the one of the wildest playoff births that I can remember in recent history? A thousand percent there. And I totally agree with you. That this is going to be a low scoring game. Maybe I'll say this. I think if it goes over and the line's 40 for the total, but if it goes over, I think it's a Falcons win. I think it's because Matt Ryan had had himself a big game. You see Mike Davis have a huge day for the Falcons and, you know, their their whole offense really take off and find uh, some of the stuff they were looking at at the beginning of the year outside of the Eagles game. But, you know, that's really what I see there. I think you really hit the nail on the head with where the Saints offense has been throughout the season. So, yeah, that that's where that's where I'm at feeling that game. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, so then you get to the ones that are obviously really important now. By the way, isn't it funny that the Bills are playing the Jets and the um, Patriots are playing the Dolphins? So it's a full AFC East slate, which I think is great. It does matter a little bit because if the Bills was, were to somehow be upset by the Jets, who nearly pulled it off last week against the Buccaneers, they would lose the division at the Patriots beat the Dolphins, which is no easy task either. But just some interesting games to at least keep your your eye on as mm-hmm. as the as Sunday progresses. Um, and then Rams 49ers. 
Rams currently a four and a half point favorite. Um, the 49ers, you know, Trey Lance, they, they better hope Garoppolo's back. I think Lance isn't ready yet. Um, they're such a good 49ers team, but this is a great Rams. It, it's a very good Rams team too. So I'm very interested to see kind of what happens. Um, it's a really fascinating game. No, it totally is. And the Rams, I think you're right on Trey Lance right there, but they still pulled out the victory last week where they they did, they did. you know, and it was kind of a, I don't want to say ho-hum game from Debo Samuel because he scored a touchdown and he had over 100 yards, but still a game that you'd think that he'd pop off and really take matters into his own hands with Trey Lance in the game. It feel, felt like a kind of game he'd take over, like an Alva Kamara, you know, at the end of Drew Brees where he would do that and, and kind of be the man. It felt kind of like we had that, and that's not me being pissed off that I'd lost my fantasy championship in our league high league. But still, on the other side of the thing, of the ball, the Rams come in having just beaten the Ravens where they kind of were trying to figure out their identity and where they were at. And, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is really starting to pay off dividends. Von Miller, really high return on investment. He had an incredible yes. game last week. And that's scary. If you're looking at that with the Rams defense, really starting to get the ball or get to the ball, get to the quarterback. That with that much pressure, that's scary going into the playoffs. And if they end up winning their division and getting their at least a first round playoff game, or two rounds in the playoffs because they're the two seed right now, if you're the Bucks, that's concerning of going there in the second round and uh, having to potentially you know fate and you know, go to L.A. prematurely before the Super Bowl. No, I agree. And they and and so I mean personally, trying to figure out like who I want in this game. I don't know. Yeah, uh, obviously it really, you know, the 49ers getting in locks the Eagles in as a seven seed. We talked about it. It probably means the Eagles have to play Tom Brady in Tampa Bay in the first round, which. Oh boy, a rematch with Tom Brady in the playoffs would be. Then I'm rooting. Wait, oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I want the Rams, and I want to move up to six. I want to avoid Brady at all costs. Yeah, exactly. So, and if we could beat the Cowboys, we Ooh, might be able to play the Jesus. Cardinals in the first round, which I think is a thought. What? So, think. if the Eagles win, or I guess they could lose, they could still lose the Cowboys. Could, because I'm trying to look at this. If the 49ers lose and the Eagles lose, and the Saints win, the Eagles become the six. Oh yeah, so oh no, they play Brady in that case. I guess there. It, it almost seems like it's a high likelihood that the Eagles have to go to Tampa Bay. Oh my god! But we already lost to Tampa Bay this year, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. It's hard to beat a team twice. That's what I'm saying. And and you That's know what? Point. Tampa Bay is so beat up with injuries right now. You think about the lack of guys they have on the on you know, on no offense. Playoff Lenny. Right? I mean, no playoff Lenny. Well, he might come back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He might. Um, but no, no, obviously no Godwin, Antonio Brown quit. Um, you know, you've got injuries <laughs> on the offensive that, yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, the defense, the defense is pretty beat up. So I mean, overall, there's some they're not the worst team. Again, I I'm I'm like you, you know, I'm a Brady guy. Like, it's yeah. hard for me. I'm not slandering Brady here. They're just, they're just very beat up. That's true. They are very injured. And uh, I guess if you have to show 
the if you're the Eagles and now you don't have to defend him, you don't have to defend Mike Evans. I guess you're feeling good there, but Gronk has been absolutely on a tear, and that's concerning because Alex Singleton for the Eagles, and we're like jumping ahead here, so I apologize to the non-Eagles fans. Alex Singleton's had a very good year. Obviously, we saw Josh Schwett have getting better and better, and you know. See, having to think about who's guarding Gronk in a playoff game is just terrifying. But that being said, let's keep talking about Week 18 because that's and we might as well just jump to the Bucks game. Bucks are playing the the hell the uh, Panthers. Thank you. My uh, for whatever reason, a weird program on computer just opened up. Um, and yeah, they're playing the Panthers, so that's going to be you know Panthers team really down year right <laughs> they had all yeah. sorts of expectations of revitalizing sam started Arnold hot started hot too started hot they had the whole you know another year of just up and down with christian mccaffrey's injuries and yeah you know i feel like they're packing it in and trying to just lick their wounds and and come back to the drawing board there's some work for the for the for the Panthers. Like the hot start was great, but they obviously fizzled out. When you're, whenever you're bringing back Cam Newton, you know something's wrong. Um, That's true. So we'll see. We'll see. He's um, yeah. I don't know. I think the Bucks win it. Um, it's a good kind of stepping stone moment for them after that really tough game last week where they should be. Oh my God, they almost lost. They almost lost to the Jets. Not me to say that out loud, by the way. Like, oh yeah, they almost lost to the Jets. Like, oof. But um. I, I think they win that pretty easily, and that leads us to the Monday night game. Sunday night which, game. Sunday night game, excuse me, excuse me, which is a great flex game. You you said it, right? Chargers, Raiders, win, you're in. Lose, you might get in, but win, you're in. Um, Chargers with that super disappointing loss last week. They, they've they kind of shown that they're a young team in a way. Well, they do have some veterans. It's kind of hard for me to even say that. But, um, yeah, that was uh, not what I was expecting from the Char- Chargers, to be honest. So. Um, we'll see if they can take this one against a very spunky Raiders team at home. Um, I don't know. Who do you like here? Uh, well, well, first off, the Chargers oh, did, did beat the game? Broncos last week. Who did they lose? I'm thinking the Texans lost. Yeah, really yeah, yeah they lost to the Texans I, two I, weeks I ago. Um, yeah, which was a shocking loss. But um, Yes, that's. I'm sorry. Thank you. And the pun was fully I, intended I thought, there. Yeah. But they did bounce back well against Denver last week. So... They come into this with a little more, you know, momentum going their way. Denver, or not, not Denver, Las Vegas is probably the story of the year, right? Right, and no one's talking about it. Like, they, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just the fact that you had everything with Gruden, you had everything with Henry Ruggs, and now they're sitting here at 9-7. and seven. They're going to have an above 500 year in a year that not only did they fire their coach, their coach turned out this the whole huge scandal and all this shit, and, a, you know, obviously a guy killed a guy, one of their players killed a guy, and they're sitting here on the precipice of making the playoffs and would be presumably the... Actually, they could be the six seed, depending on what happens with the Colts. But they're, you know, getting into the playoffs, if you're them, is just... It kind of just speaks to Derek Carr and how great of a yeah. leader he's been because he's had kind of a rough go of it, right? Of, you know, you had everything where he, A, had to deal with Antonio Brown, who certified crazy at this point. 
Um, that being said, <laughs> if there is something really bad going on, although he turned up at a Nets game on Monday night, so it seems yeah, like I there's know. some. So it seems like there's he, something yeah. still there, and it's not a mental breakdown or anything. He's a nut job. Yeah, he's just a nut job. But he's um, still a nut job. But that that being said, the Raiders, Derek Carr, and everything that he's had to go through, and kind of just, I think, being David Carr's brother, uh, uh, you know, obviously has something to do with that. And he's had a much longer career, seemingly, than, than David Carr and the reputation that he brought oh, yeah. to the Texans. And, you know, he made a Pro Bowl however many years ago. He's had seasons where... I think it was the next season after he made a Pro Bowl that he was on an MVP type run, and then he separates his shoulder, and that Raiders team wins the the AFC AFC West, and you know they had the dud Saturday afternoon game in the playoffs because of that because they had somebody crazy starting at quarterback for him. So it just a you know it's a feel good story for Derek Carr, and I think it speaks a lot to the team for fighting for him. And a defense that honestly, at certain points in this year, looks so terrible. The fact that they're playing as well as they are and have slowed down certain teams. The fact they slowed down the Colts as much as they did last week on the road is so impressive. You gotta be, you just gotta be happy for this team and what they've been able to do throughout the season. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I gotta tell you, it's funny. I was talking uh, a couple, couple like maybe a two, month or two ago when the Eagles were kind of scuffling. And like, who, who, who should like, if we're not going with Jalen Hurts, do we go Deshaun Watson? And, and, and a, a buddy said, why not, why not Derek Carr? He's a good kind of two, three bridge, your bridge quarterback. And you can see it because he's a gamer. He, he's, he, he fights, man, no matter what, even if he's, if he's out of it, you know, he thinks he's in it. Um, he's a leader too. I, I, I kind of wish he had a better team around him. Maybe, maybe he would be a more special. Um, although interested to see if this team can build off of the positive momentum of this year. They've, they've certainly come together, and I think Derek Carr is a big reason for that. Absolutely. Yeah, so this game's going to be really exciting. A much better Sunday night game to close out the regular season than last year, which, if you don't remember, was yes. the Eagles' tank job <laughs> against the Washington football team, where the Giants declared revenge, and I guess they got it for their home win. So they good, did get good it job, Giants. Win. You're right. Um, Giants-Washington football team game, by the way. We didn't mention that one, but... Um, that's got to be that or the Flyers playing at the same time as the Eagles on Saturday night is probably oh going to be one of the least watched sporting events of the weekend. Yeah, sadly. But yes. at this point, Giants fans <laughs> after last week have to be so done with the team and maybe football team fans are going to be watching the game and excited to see them maybe go seven and ten and all that stuff. But if you're a Washington football team fan at this point, are you excited to see where Taylor Heineke might be able to go for you? Or are you just like kind of hoping that no, you might I mean, lose to get a better draft pick? I, I think, I think you want to lose if you're, if you're the Reds, if you're the Washington football team, um, they've got so many issues, but they, they need a quarterback. Exactly. Heineke's not the answer. They, they were injured. Don't get me wrong. Like Chase Young was out. Oh yeah. You their know, defense was so decimated. On that team. Right. But they've certainly got some steps to go. And I'd start to the quarterback. I, look, as we know, everything, everything ebbs and flows at the quarterback position. Oh, yeah. So starts with the quarterback. Yep. Um, thousand percent. So yeah, they they need a they need a big bounce back um, season next year. Sort of the Giants have got jobs in the line. You know the NFC East is an interesting spot because obviously the Cowboys right now are pretty good, but they're going to have some salary cap issues. They're getting a little bit older. I know they got some young talent on defense, but their offense in particular is getting a little older. You know the yep. Eagles are kind of at a weird crossroads um, where they played really well this year. They made the playoffs, which is great, but is that going to be enough long term? You know, don't know if that success will sustain. They've got an older core in a lot of particular positions. Um, 
So they're they're of interest. And then, you know, Washington appears like they've got a good roster without a quarterback, and the Giants are a mess. So the NFC East has no clear-cut dominant force for the next 10 years, I guess is the best way I can put it. No, that's a really good way to put it because you're exactly right of where every team decides to go and how they're going to construct and keep rosters together if you're the Cowboys, but how the Giants decide to go, keeping Joe Judge, keeping Daniel Jones, the football team with a solid defense that when healthy should be really good and obviously got completely decimated through various injuries throughout the season and seeing where the Eagles go, where they are an older craftier team because of the veterans, but still have some young guys that can get the job done, but see if Howie can actually have a good draft class. That's, you know, looking forward yeah. to the off season, looking ahead, uh, see what he does with the three first round picks. Does he package them up, try to move up? Does he trade them for players to try to go from there? Who the hell knows, but we'll have to see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, week 18 should be a lot of fun. A lot of different scenarios out there. It's, you know, that the season's been great when in the final week of the season, we only have, um, what is it? Three. We only have five of the eight divisions locked up. We still have three open playoff spots and a lot of different scenarios that are going through there. So it should be fun. May not be the most exciting slate throughout everything you know with fantasy being over and and all that stuff but there are certainly good games to check out there you might watch instead of red zone the local feed and all that good stuff but it should be a lot of fun i'm excited me too me too and you know what i hate to say it injuries have cost a lot but the nfl is winning now with their with their setup of an extra game uh, oh yeah it's an extra an extra week it i, I hate to say it because honestly i don't love it but it worked <laughs> Well, we talked about it last week, that, that the fact that it's an odd number of games seems so wacky. It does, it does, yeah. Really, outside of the Steelers, you know, no team is going to be 500. They're either going to be, they can either, you know, the closest they can be is either 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, or the Steelers at 8-8-1, eight, eight and one. and it, it, it's weird that way. It feels incomplete. I can't remember if it was you or Jake it that talked about. It is a little weird. I, 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 yeah, I missed the 500 year. Yeah. Like I miss eight and eight. I do. Go ahead. I was going to say, I can't remember if it was you or Jake that said like some parts of the season felt dragged on. The only part that felt dragged that felt like it got a little dragged on was the fact that we went from Thanksgiving to the start of December where we weren't getting these clinching or elimination scenarios right away. So that the fact that we like kind of have, you know, you start to feel that where Thanksgiving, the, the college season's wrapping up. And then normally in the 17 week se- season, you get, you know, some really good team that only has one loss is, you know, clinching their playoff spot or a team with only one win is getting eliminated. And that got a little delayed there, but I don't know. It's an interesting experiment. I'm not checking anything one way or the other until after the Super Bowl where we get, you know, I, for whatever reason, I thought it was President's Day weekend and I found out it's not, but, um, but we're getting, you know, later into February and and seeing how that goes and who knows, you know, we're going to have, we're going to be that much closer to March madness once the Super Bowl ends. So I don't want to (laughs) judge the NFL format until really we get there until the end of the year. Me either. Me either. Cause, and and my biggest concern remains the injuries, right? There's just been so many. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that does take away from the game. The fact that you've got a Baltimore Ravens team that is on their last leg, we talked about Washington. It just, it's, 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 it's tough. It's, you feel bad because 
you put together a good roster and the extra week is costing you at times. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, it's not like they got hurt this weekend in week 18, right? They got hurt before that during you. you can make no, you're right. They you're right. In the 17 week schedule. Correct. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Yeah. Um, it's like the bowl games, <laughs> bringing it all the way out. Um, we're, some of these games are no matter. But I think that does it unless you have any last thoughts. No. Any, no. Anything there? Yeah. No. So that'll do it. Matt, thank you as always. This weekend, this week was a lot of fun. And can't wait to uh, see how Saturday night goes for the birds. Are you going? No, no, I'm not. You should go if you can. Oh, well, unless Saturday. Nah, maybe not. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a a (laughs) shit show with the Flyers at home as well. I would Um, agree. Flyers at home, and it's a game that might not have any. I mean, we don't even know who's playing in it yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, Regardless, should be a fun weekend. Thank you, as always. Everybody, thank you for listening. Great. Love talking. Oh, yeah. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, search the bullpen cart, wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlock Sports on Instagram. I just had a good Flyers recap, speaking of them, reacting to their loss in Anaheim. And I might be there tomorrow night for their game against the Penguins. So watch out for that on our Instagram. But for my man, Matty D, Matt Stefano, I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly!